This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Steven So-Called Nelson. What's up? (laughs) What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I'm doing great, too, man. It's a beautiful day. I just got to let you know that was the first time I did the intro like that. So, so like I usually do it on like, I just call you up and I do it and I put it on TikTok. but I was like, yo, let me do it on, live on, uh, on the podcast. Yeah. All right. So, uh, let's just go back in time a little bit. Um, I know you were in the army and I believe that's where you got started in boxing, but tell me how you got into boxing. Yeah. I started boxing, you know, at age 21, I was in the army and, um, my, I was in the army and my commander told us, hey, if you guys want to do any extracurricular type, you know, activities that keep you all in shape, y'all don't have to come in and do the regular army workout, which is push-ups, sit-ups, runs, stuff like that. So I was like, you know what? I always would be interested in uh, boxing. You know, I grew up, I grew up with Terrence Crawford and, uh, we used, to, we used to hang out around the same neighborhood, you know, we didn't got in we didn't got into street fights together and all that. And uh so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try boxing. So I went to a local boxing gym in North Carolina and I started boxing. And within the first week the coach like noticed like I was just naturally talented because he was like, How long you been boxing? I'm like a week. He like, No, how long you how long you been boxing? Like in total. I'm like, A week. He's like, Oh, well, man, you gotta keep doing it. So I look up, um, I went to my first all-army tournament, uh, like a year into boxing. I was winning tournaments and stuff back in North Carolina and beating up on pros and people around that area. And people just, you know, caught on fast. And uh, by 2012, I started in 2010. By 2012, I was, um, I went to the um, national um, reloads, they call them. Which, which was like Olympic trials, essentially. I went there, and I beat like two, three – no, I beat two prior national champions. And uh, I made it to the finals against Marcus Brown. Uh, a lot of people who was in attendance, you know, they say they could have went either way, and they figure I won. But, you know, they gave him the nod. So I was the Olympic alternate or training partner, you should say, going to the Olympics in 2012. I went to London and everything and was with the team, you know, Errol Smith, Jamel Herring, Rasheed Warren, Marcus Brown, you know, Michael Hunter, all those guys who was on the team together. So uh, it was a it was a dope experience for me. So when I came back, that's when I was like, you know what, like, I'm going to really stick to this. And I came back and I in in the three years prior, I mean, after that, I won all of the national tournaments there is in the USA. It was USA Nationals, Golden National Golden Gloves, National Pals Tournament, Ringside Tournament, Title Tournament, All Army Armed Forces. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. I won everything. So, uh, I went pro in 2016. And now I'm 18 and 0, 15 knockouts. And uh had a little setback. Uh, a couple years ago, which set me down for about two years. I tore my Achilles. So it slowed my career down, especially been at my age. Um, but now I'm just, I'm back. 
I fought December 10th. I'm back in the game. I'm ready to, you know, light up the scene for a little light heavyweight. Yeah, so going going back a little more, you you grew up in um, Nebraska, right? Yeah, Omaha, Nebraska, North North Omaha. So I know you mentioned it. So how did how did you and Terrence meet? Uh, we went to some of the same schools, and uh, we literally hung out with the same guys in, in the hood. We call it, you know. So I mean, we we hung out together. We've like like I said, we've had street fights where. We didn't got jumped together and beat up some guys. Like it was my boy growing up. So that's crazy. So you got yeah, you guys knew each other before boxing. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and then what made you join the army? Um, because like I was going back saying like being being in North Omaha, there wasn't any opportunities for a young black kid. You know, with never met my father and you know bouncing around from household to household around my family, I didn't have any direction. You know, in, getting kicked in and out of school, you know, every week is in and out of school. Luckily, I had some good administrators that looked out for me that knew my family. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have graduated. But it got to a point where everybody around me was either getting locked up or getting killed. You know, I say around me, I mean, like, my home, homeboy, we, we shake hands every day. And they, they all locked up and dead. Even today, like, all my homeboys is locked up or dead. So I looked at it and, you know, I had to think about it. Like, okay, if this happened to one, two, three, you know, I'm four. It's going to happen to me. I need to get out of here. And the only thing I can think of was military. They pay you. They teach you skills. They they groom you to being a man. They give you all kind of opportunities. Um, you get all kind of benefits. So I was like... Why not? Went to the military, went to the army. Uh, I went and signed up May, like May 3rd. By May 21st, I was shipped off. Jeez. Yep. Um, I scored a high score on my test, you know. Um, I was just blessed with, you know, um, having that intellect. And uh, I scored a high score, so I got to be a um, satellite communication specialist. So I went to the army to, you know, <laughs> I was basically like the sprint for the army. Like we set up all kind of communications and internet and computers and radios and anything to do with satellite communications. I did. Nice. And then, uh, how how long were you in the army for? I was in the army for um, technically eight years, but I served seven and a half active. In the last six months, I did inactive. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then what about how is like uh the how did the army like help you in boxing? Um man, it it made it so when I train and you know, I get tired or I'm just fed up and I don't want to keep pushing, the army taught me to keep pushing no matter what. That's one thing being in basic training and and being in the military, your job is no matter what, you get the task done. Cause it's just like when you're in war. If you're in war and something happens, you you get shot. You can't just lay down and just give up. Or if a buddy get hurt, like you gotta you gotta you gotta pick up the pace. You gotta fall in fall in suit and do what you gotta do to get that mission done. So in boxing, it's the same thing. People say, "Man, you got injury. You had this happen. It's hard to find a promoter, manager, whatever. What keeps you going?" And it's that. It's that hunger and that and resilience. Now, I never, 
if if anybody that know me, I don't quit anything I start until it's the end, until I just can't go no more. Until my body say, Steven, like, you done, I'm not done. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think you mentioned it before, so you're, you are campaigning now at light heavyweight instead of super middleweight? Well, my f- first comeback fight to make it easy, so I had to worry about trying to make 168 because I walk around 200 pounds plus. Time. So it was like, let's do 175, you know, just make it easy and then work my way back down to 168. It's only seven pound difference in both of those weight classes. I can do it. You know, mm-hmm. I got, the, like, like I said, I got the hunger, I got the work ethic. Uh, I know what I need to do. I got the right nutrition that's around me. I, you know, I got the right tools, so ain't no reason why I can't do 168, 175, both of them, really. For sure. Um, <clears throat> like you mentioned, you're 18-0 with 15 knockouts. What, what does it feel like to get a knockout? Um, <laughs> It's a bittersweet feeling. It's like you train eight weeks hard every day, three times a day working out, no days off. And you go in here, you knock somebody out in the first round or a couple first couple rounds. It's like, man, I wanted a little bit more work from them, but you know what they always say: if they don't need to be in there, get them out of there, you know, send them home. So, I mean, any fights I've had past six rounds never lasted. The only ones that made it past six rounds, I mean, the only ones that made it to the end of the fights were all like four rounders. Maybe uh, I had one six rounder that made it, but rest of them after that was all. And get them out of there. I ain't got time to play for no 10 rounds, 12 rounds. For sure. Yeah, you had, uh, I, I believe you had three scheduled 10 rounders, but you only went eight. It was the farthest yeah. they went. Right. Um, so what's, what's your, what's your next plans and, uh, like what's your goals for this year and beyond? Uh, my goal is to make a deal with, uh, you know, a major network. Um, a promotion company of that sort because um, I feel like I'm a I'm a free agent right now. I'm a free agent when it comes to um, being under a promoter, being under a banner. Uh, so that would be a great, like a big goal of mine is to you know get signed to a a big promotion company or a network and uh, get some get some notable fights under my belt because you know I'm 34 years I'm 34 years old now. Uh, I ain't got time to sit around and play. I want to show, I want to show the world that I'm really good. Like I'm really that dude. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Speaking of really that dude, you, I don't know what you don't do, but you do a lot of different things. You make your own trunks. You're a handyman. I seen you paint yourself, painting yourself, which is crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Like you, you do it all. Like, where do you, where do you like, how do you like learn all this stuff? And then like, what, like, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just dope. I mean, I'm a, I'm an advocate of if somebody else can do it. So can I, so if I'm interested in anything, I'm not going to just admire it. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a do it myself too. I'm going to figure out what he's doing, what she's doing, whoever, what they're doing to perfect what they're doing. And I'm going to do the same thing. That's how I've been about anything since I was a kid. Like, I'm always asking questions, watching. I'm very observant. Like, what's going on? That's how I picked up boxing so fast. Like, you know, I sit back and I'm like, okay, I need to see what the other guys in the gym doing. Then once I outdo them, I'm looking up. Now I'm like, okay, I already surpassed everybody in my gym. Now I need to look up and who's the best in the, in the state. Surpassed them. Who the best in the nation. 
You know what I mean? Now watching pro fights, I want to see who's the best out here. I'm watching Floyd Mayweather trying to figure out everything. I'm taking bits and pieces from everybody. And that's what anything I do, I take bits and pieces from people that are good at whatever I'm I'm trying to do. What's what's the I guess what's the uh most random thing you you learned, like picked up and learned? Um <laughs> I I think it's two things. I just recently, not recently, like when I got injured, I was like, you know what? I always wanted to fly planes and I went on <laughs> I learned how to fly planes. I haven't got my license yet because I uh, stopped doing the training so I can focus on boxing, but I know how to operate a plane. If something happened right now and we had to go get in the plane, I can operate it. <laughs> I can fly, I can land it, I can take it off, whatever. Uh, I've done that. I got about 20, 22 hours uh, under my belt, pilot. I think another random thing I learned is... Um, one of my exes, she used to do, uh, she used to do her own hair, and I used to sit back and watch her all the time. And one day she was like, "You know, I'm tired of, I'm tired of doing my own hair." I was like, "I can do it." She was like, "Yeah, right." I was like, "I watch you all the time. I can do it." <laughs> so I helped her do her sewing, and uh, and then I started helping her do her do her hair. I was like, "You know, how I do hair." I'm like, "Yeah, I just picked it up." <laughs> there you go. Jeez. <laughs> I don't know. You might have to switch your nickname to like Mister Do It All. Yeah, that's why. But that's but if pe- people who know the slang, the the, the slang word so cold, it, I'm so cold. Like man, you cold at everything you do. Like so, that's where my name came from. Yeah, gotcha. That makes sense. Um, <clears throat> with the uh, with the painting, like you just always were good at like drawing and painting. Yeah, uh, painting was one of my first gifts that I, I picked up. When I was in the fourth grade, a guy used to um, come to school and he would draw like Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon characters. And he would sell them for a dollar. So I'm like, man, I want to make money too. And so I look, I try to draw and like, it took me forever. I suck. But by the end of the school year, I was the best artist in the class. Everybody would start buying them from me. I'm I'm doing drawings and stuff, and then people in my family noticed that I was into art, and they start putting me in different classes and different weekend courses and stuff for art. And every year in school, I always did an art class, so I always just picked up more and more art skills and stuff. And I think the first painting I ever did uh, was when I was 15. <laughs> I actually got kicked out of school, and my grandmother owns a daycare. And I went to the daycare and she was like, go in that room and just start painting. Just start doing something. Get out of my face. So it was this, this room, big 20 by 20 foot room. And I was just like, I was just trying to be, I was kind of being an asshole. I just started painting on the wall. But it started coming together and you walk in. And now you go in there, it's a big rainforest to go all the way around with all different animals, monkeys and giraffes and elephants and alligators and mountains and there's a whole it's a whole scene you walk in like a different dimension uh that was one of my first paintings i was 15 years old it took me about six months to do yeah that's that i mean it's just crazy yeah because like all right all the things you like we mentioned before like i feel like anyone could pick up but like painting no one could just like pick that up like you gotta yeah. be like you it either you gotta work really hard at it or you just have to have like the talent because yeah, that's, that's just different. Yeah, I think if 
he would say, man, what don't you do? And I think the only thing I always say is sing. Like, I can't sing. <laughs> I can't sing. But anything else, I feel like I can do. I can do anything else. But singing, that's one of the things where you got to, you got to uh, start doing that when you're young and growing to it and take vocal classes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, going back to fighting, what what do you think your your toughest fight was so far? Um, my toughest fight, I think, as far as my, okay, I got two stories. I'm gonna give you two stories. My first time I I faced adversity was, um. I fought this guy. He was from Mexico. He was five and five. And I'm like, oh, this is five. If I'm about to go in here and knock him out. So I was just relaxed in camp and I was just taking it for granted. And I was just like, like bullshitting in camp. And I got in a fight and he was like looping his punches. Boom. And then every time I would punch, he would, he would put his head down like this. I hit the top of his head. So I'm punching him hard as I can, trying to knock him out. But I messed both of my knuckles up in the fight. Both of my hands was hurt. So I was like, man, I got to start boxing. And then he caught me with like a, a looping, a looping like hook back in my head. And I'm looking at the ref like, you don't see that? And ref was like, fight. I'm like, oh, man, the ref ain't calling me. So I was just like, oh, man, I got a box. And I just started outboxing. That was the first time I think we went to the distance. Uh, but, yeah, um, and actually, the same guy we brought him to camp, and Bud was sparring him, and Bud messed his hand up on his head, <laughs> and Bud fight had to get uh, pushed back. This was like a couple of years ago. He was supposed to fight. He was supposed to fight in April. He ended up fighting in June because his hands he he had messed his hand up on the same dude. I'm like, man. And then, I mean, after that, the the most the most adversity I faced in the fight was when I fought um, in the bubble, and I got two cuts on my eyes from headbutts, and the blood was just in my eyes, and all I seen was like yellow. I couldn't really see nothing, and everybody thought I was gonna fold, but I turned it up and I knocked them out. Like I ain't about to play no more. I went in there and I turned the level on fighting. People were like, man, I ain't seen this side of side of you before in the ring so that's where i showed the most grit to me in the fight yeah for sure now it's that's dope that you mentioned like the five and five guys because those guys you never know like even though obviously you're the favorite in the the a side but there's random those random guys that just come to fight yeah that's one thing i learned like after that no matter what i don't care what the opponent uh record is the spirits they have I treat every fight like a championship fight. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, I know you won uh, the WBO and NABO super middleweight belt. I know it's like a minor belt, but did that like did that mean anything to you? It did mean something because it was it was a step forward towards the belt. And I knew that, you know, when it comes to boxing, it's a lot of political things. So it pushed you in the light of, okay, we got NABO champ, we got – you know, this chain, we have interim, whatever. But it put on that top echelon of of your weight class. So it was very important to me uh, to get that belt. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and then just going back into your, I guess, outside of outside of boxing, sort of, 
uh i see you've been training like youth fighters so what has that been like well yeah i'm the executive director of bnb uh, sports academy which was founded by uh terrence Crawford and head coach bomac but in bomac bnb and uh when we got the funding to get an executive director for the nonprofit, um, you know, the board members knew who I was and knew that I fit the I fit the best description for that job, you know, being with all the things I do, how the kids look up to me, um, my experience in the military and working at the daycare with kids, like it it just fit me perfect. So um it's been great to see the see I'm putting together programs to give back, not, I ain't going to say to give back, putting together these programs to inspire the youth to help the youths get to a different level in their life because I knew how it affected me. I knew how boxing and combat sports have changed lives with people around me, being me and Terrence Crawford and, and other people around us and the coaches. Like, if it wasn't for boxing, a lot of us wouldn't be in the places mm-hmm. we're in right now. So it's, it's very important for me to show the kids that not only using boxing, boxing is a tool because it, it, it builds discipline, accountability, you know, uh, resilience in life. But it also gives you opportunity because in our program, we try to focus on other things besides boxing. I'm trying to do life skills, um, talent development classes and events and I'm just building this community around us where it gives kids things to do and open up doorways for them to see what's out there to do. It's not always basketball, football, or rapping. There's so many other avenues you can go down. And that's my and that's my objective of building the programs and B and B Sports Academy. Yeah, definitely. That's dope. All right, you ready for some uh fun questions? Yeah. All right, who who is your Who's your dream fight like that's alive, and then who's your dream fight like dead or alive? Um, alive dream fight right now would be Canelo, you know, because obviously he he the man, and he got all the titles in our weight class. So, and who who'd you be your dream fight dead or alive? Um, dream fight Muhammad Ali, just to be, yeah, just to just because. You know, of him as a person, how fun he's going to make, you know, the press conference and the fight. And and it's to be etched in history as the a person that beat up Muhammad Ali. <laughs> oh, but this being the person that is be on, you know, this this to have that fight, that that that's the special fight you know, that, that I will have will be Muhammad Ali. Yeah, definitely. Um, now I know I know Terrence was in uh, Creed three, so I know you got to see it, right? Yeah, yeah. I took, took all the kids from the gym. I, I rented out the movie theater, and we had a showing for uh, two days ago. That's dope. All right, so give me give me a rating of how it was, like one through ten. Um, the movie was a ten. I have to give it a ten because not only the movie, but to take the kids for them to be inspired and see that the person they're training right next to is in a Hollywood movie, you know, a, a number one blockbuster movie. Like it, it's a 10. It inspires, it inspires so much from our, my community and the kids around us. 
you know, to see where Terrence come from to being in movies and a boxing movie at that. So, yeah, yeah, that's dope. I didn't see it yet, but I'm going to see it this weekend for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, are are you a sneaker head? I am. I got almost 200 pairs of sneakers. All right, so give me give me your top top three favorite sneakers. Top three, the 11s is one. Any color 11s is one Jordan. Number two was um, I got some some um, they called the the wing the wing 12s where you rub off and it displayed wings. That was number, that's my number two. And number three is the um, Marty McFly's. All right, yeah, those are fire. Yeah. <clears throat> um, could you give me your your Mount Rushmore of boxers of all time? I think, uh, so it's top, well, we're doing top five, top five. It's funny you say that because I actually painted a picture. I painted a picture and I call it Mount Boxmore. I got Muhammad Ali. I got Sugar Ray Leonard, Mike Tyson, and Floyd Mayweather over here by itself. He's a whole different genre. All right. I like that. I was about to say, at first, I didn't think you were about to have Floyd in there. I was about to say, I don't know. Yeah, I picked Floyd because, like, boxing skill-wise and how he elevated the game and, you know made the biggest person of all time. Because at the end of the day, nobody wants to do it for free. You know what I mean? For him to, like, change so many lives as he's, as he's done, you know, with 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 boxing, you have, that's why I put him on that, on that fourth one by itself. Because he's a different, you know, it wasn't just boxing. And, of course, my lead was number one. Because, you know, he's he's a leader of all time for me. And then, and then Mike Tyson. Yeah, for sure. What do you what I mean, do you I think mean, about I said Sugar Shane, Sugar Ray. What do you what do you think of all this uh this new influencer boxing with these the YouTubers and like KSI and, and Jake Paul and all that? Um as a boxer, it's a lot of people get mad about it, but when you be honest about it, like you can't get mad because somebody took their following from one organization and brought it over to boxing because they're actually bringing more light to boxing. Um, and we can't blame them for getting paid for what they're getting paid. Like if, 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 if I could do the same thing, I would do it. If, if I could have built a following on YouTube before I started boxing and then converted that into boxing and being a good boxer and took, took it serious. Why wouldn't I? You know, so it's a lot. It's a lot of jealousy in the boxing world when it comes to that. No, so you're you're logical. Yeah, people, people don't think about it like that. That's yeah. why it's all about. That's why, not even just boxing, just athletes in general and, and celebrities. Like you can't you can't just be a boxer or an athlete or anymore. You have to brand yourself yeah. and do everything. Like you you have to put yourself out there more. Yeah, that's the whole purpose of of the of the marketing and the and. The, um, the fight press conference. If you go to the press conference, you like, hey, I'm Steve Nelson. Yeah, I fight Saturday. Hope you guys come out. What are you doing to bring anybody in there? That's like putting out if you put a movie out right now and you say, Hey, Creek Three is coming out. No trailer. This Creek Three is coming out, y'all. Go watch it. 
you're not promoting it. You have to promote yourself. There's so much to it. You have to be, you have to know how to talk. You got to know how to be in front of these cameras. You got to know how to do it. And sometimes for me, I get mad. I get mad at nobody. I get mad at this the boxing world because I have so much of those things to offer, but I just haven't been placed in the right position to to show the world that man, this dude, like he's a well-rounded guy. He can fight. He he don't. He's not. He he really can fight. He's well-spoken. You know, he's talented in other ways. He make his own walkout uniforms. What else can you ask for? Like. I just wonder, like, why don't people gravitate to it? But, you know, like, I, I don't know. I just keep working and pushing towards it. And hopefully, you know, I get in, in front of the right eyes where, you know, I can put on display and show people, like, uh, that can be inspiring in so many different ways besides just going to the ring and fighting. Yeah, for sure. No, that's and that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to work with you too, just because like I I've, I've yeah. seen you years and years and years do do your thing, and that's why I was just like, and when uh, <clears throat> Raquel hit me up about you, I was like, yeah, of course I would want to work with Steven. I already been seeing like all of his stuff for the years, so that's why I, I like that. and the same thing. Like I don't <clears throat> I don't want to sound like like uh, I guess cocky or whatever, but I don't work with everybody that comes to me or whatever. You know, like, yeah. people DM me all the time. Like if you don't like, it's the same thing. It's just like anything else. Like all these athletes, you know, you put in the work to train and stuff, but you got to put it out outside too to get bigger and bigger. And then people don't want to do that. That's you got to go the extra mile. Yeah. Cause my big, that was like even seeing the Creed movie, it was inspired me to see other boxers because I used to see like military movies and boxing movies and they don't use actual boxers and actual people who've been in the military. And I've always wanted to be an actor. I'm like, man, I always wanted to act, man. I want to act on the act. But now to see Creed and have, other boxers that I see like you know Terrence and Jose and you know other people that's into boxing and the in the in the in the people Coach Bug that does mints and stuff to see those people in the movies is dope and it's inspiring for me to be like you know I got a chance to break that you know break that level where I can get into acting as well because that's my whole goal is to transfer from what I'm doing with boxing to you know other avenues that I want to do definitely all right, last question. What's your after after the weigh-ins or after the fight, which either or, what's your favorite cheat meal? Um okay, this is this is a chance for me to, you know, educate other fighters too. I don't believe in having cheat meals after weigh-ins. I I maintain a diet cuz that's why people be sluggish in the ring. But after I fight, when I get done fighting, uh I'm big on seafood. So I would go to a seafood restaurant and stuff myself with seafood, crab legs, lobster tails, and, you know, and the whole nine, uh, lobster mac and cheese and everything. I'm going I'm going to tear it up. But after I fight, the, the most I might have is, like, I might have, like, a candy bar or something. But, but as far as meal for energy, I eat the same thing I've been eating through camp, eat healthy. I got that same energy going into the ring. For sure. All right, Steven. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, could you let the listeners know where to follow you at? Hey, y'all. You know, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm heavy on there. You want to see some comedy. You want to see some inspiring things. You want to see everything I do. Follow me on Instagram at Steven Nelson Boxing. Same thing on TikTok, Steven Nelson Boxing. Instagram, SoCo Nelson. Uh, not Instagram, uh, Twitter. 
Soko Nelson, and of course Facebook, um, Stephen Soko Nelson. Uh, I appreciate everybody tuning in and uh, check me out, man. I, I promise you, no matter what you do in life, you will be inspired. You will you will you will see all the things that you know I can offer you as a as a fan, as a person, as a friend. Hit that, hit that follow button.